For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Welcome to Lead Singer Syndrome. Yes, we're doing it once again. Another episode. Feeling good, feeling good. I hope y'all are doing great out there. I am Shane Told, your host as always, bringing you the backstage conversations that I have with other front men and front women of bands. And today... We got a legend, another legend on the podcast, Mr. D. Snyder. I don't even know where to begin. I mean, the guy's done so much and he's got so much coming up, which is really, really awesome. But the guy's a legend. The guy's amazing. The guy does not hold back. He tells you what he thinks. He tells you how he feels. And it's a beautiful thing. That's the whole point of this podcast. So I want to thank D. Snyder very much for being this week's guest. It's a good one. Get ready. Get ready for this. Before we get into that, a little news from my camp, from my end, my band Silverstein, we are kind of back to some actual band activities, not just recording from our own homes and all that. We actually are back together working on some new stuff in the studio. Don't worry, we're social distancing. There's plenty of rules in place here at the studio. But we are working on a live stream, which we're calling the Next Level Live Stream. It is on July 19th. Everybody should check it out. We're doing things that other artists doing live streams aren't doing. So we're really excited about it. Go to livefrom.events slash Silverstein and pick up a ticket. It's coming at you July 19th. No matter where you are in the world, you can check this out. It's going to be awesome. 
But yeah, I don't know if you can hear it my voice. I went pretty hard in the studio yesterday. The first time I've really given her in four months. So I'm feeling <laughs> I'm feeling like I'm hungover today and I barely drank last night. So shaking off the rust a little bit, but very excited to be back and making some music. I want to give a big shout out again to our sponsor, Miller High Life, the champagne of beers for being on board. They're awesome. They're supporting the podcast, so make sure you support them and celebrate responsibly, of course. Also, a shout-out to all the members of the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club, the men and women who keep this show going week after week, keeping the lights on around here. I thank you so much for your support. If you want to help out and you want bonus content, merchandise, and all that other good stuff, and to be a part of an incredible community, I urge you to check out leadsingersyndrome.com slash allaccess. It starts at only $6 a month. It's really good. It's really, really good. And if you listen to the show, just check it out. Again, the link, leadsingersyndrome.com slash allaccess. Also, if you want to get in touch with me, I read all my emails. In fact, I just got one right here. Came in. I'm about to reply to it. From Matt Vale. Thank you, Matt Vale, for the email. I will reply to you. Send me an email, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com, and also follow me on social media at Shane Told, or the show is at leadsingersyn or at leadsingersyndrome, depending on what you're on. Search for it, and it will come right up. Anyway, let's get into it in my conversation with the one and only... Shane D. Snyder. What's up, D. Snyder? How you doing? Good. So why not LSD? Why not? Why not lead singer disease? LSD is a uh, you know it's it's a great play on letters. LSS doesn't doesn't you know doesn't resonate. LSD the drug. I know. Yeah, I know. It's just one of those weird things. Like I feel like generationally we started calling it lead singer syndrome at some point, and that's what I always knew it as. And when I started talking to guys that grew up more in your era, they always said, yeah. it's, it's lead singer disease. It's LSD, man. Come on. So, yeah, I've been called out a few times, but the, the sentiment is there. You, you know where I, I'm coming from. I get it, and I have it. So uh, <laughs> You do have it. Okay, I, I like that you come okay. right out with that. No doubt. So where are you right now in the world, Mr. D. Snyder? I have a house in Belize, right. Central American country on the Caribbean. Uh, when things went south, so did I and uh, nice. my wife and I. Nice. And we've been down here for approaching five months. Um, cool. It is COVID-free. Yeah. But it is COVID-free because the country is very, very, very strict. Right. Uh, borders are closed. Airports are closed. Uh, a $5,000 fine if for not wearing a mask. First offense, prison for a second offense. Wow. And as a result, we're COVID-free. So I mean, this is what it takes, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is what it takes. And we're not miserable. We, you know, we, we you play play by these rules and – 
And, uh, you know, we go take a takeout food and the rest of the curfew has been weekends. You can go and eat an open air restaurant. I mean, you know, it's just, these are tough times. Well, and uh, yeah, I mean, if you absolutely. want to stay, you've got to play, you've got, you've got to, you're going to have to sacrifice some things, you know, so yeah. we're not complaining. It's really funny that you said that about Belize because maybe a couple weeks ago I was kind of looking up, you know, the list of all the countries in the world and how bad it is everywhere. And I noticed that Belize, it was like, oh, they've only had like 20 cases and no deaths. That's really, you know. And then when I was doing yeah. research and I, and I learned that you had a house down there and you spent a lot of time down there, I was like, I wonder if D's down there because that, I mean, let's be honest, like you're not, you're not 30 anymore. I mean, you could be at risk if you got yeah. sick. So it's a good place to be. Well, it, it, you know, and certainly we're going back in a few weeks. And, and I told my kids, they're grown kids. And, and uh, uh, two, well, three of them live in California. And, and two of them are being fairly cautious. The third one, the youngest, the 23-year-old, you know, she doesn't really believe it's as bad as it is. And she's out socializing and blah, blah, blah. And I told her, you get tested or... I, I can't see it. Right. I love you. I right. see it. If you don't get tested, right. I said, you know, you're, you're the prime candidate to be carrying it and not having it. And I'm a prime candidate to get it from you. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, and as healthy as I am, I really don't feel like testing it. You know, like, how, how, am I that healthy? I think I am, but I don't care yeah. to test it. Yeah. Well, I know you have a son named Shane. You got to watch out for those Shanes. They're reckless people. Oh yeah, I got your name tattooed on my shoulder, man. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, 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 I've got a Shane for sure. <laughs> nice man. Well, one of the reasons we're talking uh, is about your new live record coming out in a month for the Love of Metal Live. This is a cool project, and it comes at a really cool time. Yeah, my my managers think I'm Nostradamus, <laughs> but uh, and I and I've allowed them to believe it. Uh, because it really works for me, but I'm telling you the truth. I've never had a prophecy or uh, any kind of vision in my life. Uh, spring of last year, I told my managers I was taking off 2020 from live performing. Uh, I didn't realize the whole world was taking off from 2020 from live performing. But always a trendsetter, my friend. Yes. And I said, what do we do? What are we going to do in the meantime? I said, well, why don't we film some shows this year and release a, lo- release a live album in the interim? And the timing couldn't be really more perfect for yeah. a polished live, uh, you know, DVD, Blu-ray concert uh, event because people are barely starved for live entertainment. So it really is, is a bit of a FOMO kind of thing going on there, you know, where people yeah. watch it and go, oh, those are the good old days, good old days. Totally. It's interesting that you were going to take a year off because you're known as this, I mean, 100% as an entertainer, you know, you're going to put on a spectacle live. You know, I, I'm, I'm surprised you were even going to take a year off. Is that just a little bit of tiredness or no, just some it's, other things it's in life? Pretty- well, I do other. I, I do a lot of things: your radio, TV, movies, yeah. things like that. And writing is something that's really calling me, especially at this point in my life. There's a freedom in writing, which you understand, yeah. um, which you which you just just you're allowed to be anybody, any age, any color, any sex, in the written word. If you can if you can write it convincingly on the page, and people believe it, reading it, or an actor or actress can portray it effectively 
that's accepted. It doesn't matter what I look like, how old I am, or what sex I am. You know, um, famously, Samuel L. Jackson says, uh, now Quentin Tarantino, he writes great black guys, and he ain't a black guy. You know, so it doesn't matter as long as an actor can read those words and sell it. So I wanted to write a novel, and I've written my first uh, fictional novel. My, uh, it's called Frats, uh, short for fraternities, and uh, it's out of publishers right now. And I was supposed to also supposed to be directing my first feature film, a script I wrote called My Enemy's Enemy. I was supposed to start that in May, but COVID's pushed that back. And now I've been brought on to write a reimagining of a classic 80s slasher film and direct that as well. So it wasn't that I was slowing up as much as refocusing for 2020 what I, what I was going to be doing. That's wild, man. To you know, uh, I don't want to call you an old guy or anything, uh, but to to be doing this kind of stuff for the first time, you know, this late in your career, that's pretty. That's kind of a beautiful thing, you know. It kind of kind of gives you know someone like me. I'm 39, and I feel like I'm too old to start you know certain projects or whatever, you know. Um, so for you to do that, that's actually very inspiring. Well, I'm glad because I think we're, as a people, I've always tried to lift people up and encourage people. And I think we are capable of far more than we are allowed to believe. And and the, and the preconceived notions about age, age and sex and all those things, the limitations that are put upon us from birth. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're just sort of defined by certain things. You know, oh, you're this color, this age, this type. And, I, and, and to fight against that, fight against type, has uh, always been a goal for me. And um, I just never – and believe me, I'm, I, I, my wife, every time I tell my wife I'm retiring, she just laughs because uh, I always seem to create a new challenge for myself. But I, I just – it's not like I'm, uh, I'm afraid to stop. I just th- – my mind is saying, well, wow, you know, I really like to do this. And my big lesson to a lot of people and you is just say yes and figure it out later. And I don't mean fake it till you make it. it say yes. Not, don't be afraid to take a chance on, on something you not don't know. And if you get the opportunity, dig in and study and work it out. I, I got asked many years ago, uh, I was at the premiere of Rock of Ages on Broadway. Yeah. And one of the producers came up to me and said, would you – would you, what would you think about being in the show? I had never done anything like that in my life. I said, yeah. Two years later, I get the call and, uh, and I had to go, whoa. I was like, oh my God, I forgot I said yes. And uh, <laughs> I had two weeks, two weeks to learn the script, learn the choreography. I never did that before. And I was on stage on Broadway, starring in a Broadway show because I said yes. And took up took the challenge, but it was it was one of the great experiences of my life, and opened up other horizons to me. So, yeah. be fearless, be I, fearless. The the yes, the Broadway era of your life. I always see. I always thought you were an undergraded singer. You know, I always thought, you know, you had you know back in the in the eighties with the makeup and the whole image. It kind of overshadowed just how great a singer you are. So when I heard, yes, you are you are one hundred percent right. And I'll right. tell you when you finish what you were saying, then I'll tell you an interesting. Yeah, story. no, and Go I ahead. remember hearing you were on Broadway. Was it ten years ago, maybe? And yeah. then you know, I was like, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that guy's got the pipes. He always has. And you know, well, and, now, and then you released the Broadway album shortly after that as well. Yeah, and that blew minds. And then I was in a show. <laughs> 
there was a Broadway concert experience called Rocktopia. I don't know if you've heard about it. And it was a mashup of classical and rock performed by, well, it was an orchestra, there was a rock band, and then there was Broadway singers, opera singers, and they would bring in, rotate out rock singers. And I was brought in. And I had to sing Stairway to Heaven, Cashmere, and Dream On. Wow. Uh, first song I sang was Stairway to Heaven. And when I walked down on stage, and there the music is playing very softly, and the violins are playing, and I started singing Stairway to Heaven, there was an audible gasp from the audience. Every night, they were stunned that I was, there's a lady right. who show. And they would expect me to go, there's a lady who <laughs> They were so stunned. And the constant co compliment I would get after every show was, I didn't know you could sing. <laughs> uh, you know, and, uh, and I, but I get it. I get it. It was actually one part of the show where there was a mashup of Kashmir and, and Conte Patiro. And two opera singers were singing Conte Patiro, and I was singing Kashmir. And it was like this battle going back and forth. And at the, it gets to the point of battle where I step in where I should be singing Kashmir, and I started singing Conte Patiro in full operatic voice. Conte! I saw, right. And the audience stood on their feet. When we got to the last note, and me and the two opera singers sitting there going, ah! holding the note at the end the place <laughs> erupted i didn't know you could sing you know I, you know so people tend to define you by what they see what yeah. you did yeah. oh and they assume yeah. well he must be pedaling as fast as he can no i it was i love straight ahead fun rock and roll i love screaming my brains out i love metal it doesn't yeah. mean i'm incapable of anything else no but you proved you were you were always capable of just about anything you wanted to set your mind to even earlier in your career you know the the legendary pmrc hearings that i'm sure you've talked about just over and over and over again but what always struck me about it was there's a guy representing heavy metal and he's got a good head on his shoulders, you know? You were outsmarting those motherfuckers, you know? And and I don't think they saw saw it coming. Oh, they did not see it coming. You proved time and time again, you can think. You know, and if they had done the research, they would have known. But they just looked at me and said, oh, this... And I was, you know, very recognizable and at the top of the charts. And I was on the Filthy 15. Perfect. Let's get this guy. Right. We'll make a joke out of him. And, and I schooled him. And, uh, hey... Thank you for that. I appreciate that. And, you know, and it's I, psychology today reached out to me a few years ago when they wanted to interview me because there was an article, a study came out that metalheads grow up to be better adjusted adults than non-metalheads. And they wanted to ask me my why. And I said, well, why are you calling me? And they said, well, first of all, we think that it was that was a, your testimony was a turning point in people's perception of heavy metal. Hearing a, a, a clearly a guy who was a metalhead, a metal fan, speaking eloquently made the world go, wait a second, they're not morons? And, and no, we're not morons. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, uh, just because this is, you know, there's a reason why we love this music and why we're drawn to this music and why it's important to us. But they felt that that was a point in the and in, in, in the zeitgeist where people said, all right, maybe we didn't get this music as clearly as we thought. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I feel like also that ended up, you know, changing the path of all entertainment, you know, whether it's video games or, or even movies, you know, a lot of people thought at that time, 
you know, especially in certain pockets of America, that that was going to rot your brain, all that stuff. And you did it, you were instrumental in changing that mentality. Yeah, and thank you for appreciating that. And, you know, uh, and I, I rose to the occasion and I, it was important. I worked really hard, me and the guy sitting on my right side, yeah. dark hair, denim vest. Joe was our tour manager, but also a Columbia University graduate and rocket scientist. Uh, we worked uh, for two weeks woodshedded on that speech and, and, and you know, get it right and be, have me be prepared for the questions that I might be asked with and be ready to respond appropriately. Uh, and, you know, so it was it, it was of the utmost importance that happened. But I want to say something about about conservatives. Uh, I feel bad for them. And, and by the way, by conservatives, I mean people who want to limit free, free speech okay. and artistic expression, because right now we're dealing with with, with censorship from the left with the PC move thing more than before it was the right. Now it's more left censorship. You know, you can't say that, can't say that, can't say that. It's not PC, not, you know, it's offensive. So, and that's coming from, from more liberal people. But I feel bad for those people because they keep drawing a line. We keep pushing it back. And every time they go, okay, okay, we'll pull it back a little bit. Then we go and try and push it back more. We have been pushing it back the line where they started with Puritanism and where they are today is such, they've come so far and we just keep pushing back. But as my old friend Robin Quivers once said to me, what good is having a line if you don't cross it? So, uh, well, absolutely. That's that's part of what you've done your whole career. Um, Absolutely. No, I, it's, it is funny, you know, when you talk to uh, older people about when TV came out and, you know, they couldn't show husband and wife sleeping in the same bed and you couldn't say the word pregnant on television. Elvis Presley know. below the waist. Right. They showed right. Elvis Presley uh, from the waist up because his hip movements were too sensual. Oh my God. <laughs> right. They had no idea what the fil- what the future hells. <laughs> it's so true, man. So well with with the with your kind of foray into politics, I mean, you know, you took time, you learned about it, you did that that, you know, hearing in nineteen eighty five. Was there ever an idea for you to go into politics? I've said before and I'll say it again, I am too fair reasonable, <laughs> honorable, and decent to be a politician. Um, I, I just tweeted the other day, I have looked these people in the eye and they are not there for the greater good. They're not there for the masses. They are there for their own purposes. And I firmly believe that if I was to re, uh, redo the system, re- reset the system, you would be you couldn't want to become a politician. You couldn't want to be president. You would be interviewed for the job, be psychologically tested to see if you're right for the job. Because quite honestly, anybody who wants it has got something wrong with them. Their motivations to be in control are, for the most part, wrong. So uh, they should not be allowed. They should not be allowed to be politicians. No. And the answer is a long answer to say the words no. Yep. Well, that's okay. But, you know, that's why we need you. That's why we need people like you, you know? One of my, I, there's a movie called Two Popes. Have you seen it? No. Uh, it's, it's, it's so interesting because it did not know the story behind our new pope. Um, the, the pope before him retired. 
He was the first pope in history to retire before he died. And he picked the pope that we have who didn't want to be a pope. Right. He said, I don't want to be the pope. I don't want to, I don't want the job. And he said, that's why you should be the pope. It's not about wanting to be the pope. It's about who's right for the job. And he's one of the pope. Francis is one of the great popes, greatest popes ever had because he didn't. They he said, "I don't want to be the, this guy." They said, and, "But we need someone like you to be that guy." And that's the way we should get our presidents too. It should be someone who doesn't want the job, but who's smart enough and has got the right intentions and and knows what needs to be done. D. Snyder for president. Let's make it happen, people. <laughs> He doesn't want the job. We got to give it to him. <laughs> if if drafted, I will not serve. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, thank you so much for 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 doing this. I want to talk about your new song really quick. Uh, Prove me wrong. You are not slowing down. This is a total banger, and it actually the subject matter goes a little bit into our conversation on this epi- on this uh, interview, just with you. You know having to prove people wrong and, you know, people being wrong about you. Well, there's a couple of things that are important for people to know about Prove Me Wrong. First of all, it was not an outtake from For the Love of Metal. It was a new song written. Uh, They wanted a bonus track. We had no outtakes. I said, hey, well, let's write and record something new. And the message uh, that I want people to know is this is the Snyder for this millennium. This is what you can expect from me. This is what I'm about, and this is what my this is my sound. So uh, I just want to make sure people know that wasn't the, the last album wasn't just a one-off. The way you know, say uh, D does Broadway was a one-off. Right. This is what I am doing now musically. Um, that said, I'm not sure when I'll get to the next record because I've got these two movies and this book. So, uh, but you know, but I plan on doing more. As far as the message goes, I've always wanted to use the forum of metal and of rock to communicate with things that I think are important to the masses. And I, you know, and I've dealt with people uh, misjudging me, limiting me, uh, trying to, to, to pigeonhole me and, and, and constantly being discouraged to try and experience anything new my whole life. But I don't think I'm alone in that. I think that's what most of us deal with. Yeah. Uh, the people are, quicker to say you can't and no than they are to say, yes, you can go for it. Why? I think they're afraid, they're, they're afraid of people doing better than them. They're, they're, they don't like to, they feel, they feel if you have a dream, they feel that somehow they're failing because they don't. Uh, I got all sorts of theories on the psychology behind it. But the fact is, I want to be that guy who says, you know, well, from the Adam Sandler movies, you can do it. I want to be that guy. I want to be the guy for everybody. And prove me wrong. Yeah, it's a, it's, 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 uh, it's, you know, autobiographical, but it's also a, a statement for everybody else. Uh, look, I, I, I'm still here. I'm the ripe old age of 65, and you figure, okay, I've certainly shown people that I've, I've done so many things. I think I've proven to people that I could do things. So I said, you know, after writing screenplays and writing my, my memoirs, I decided to write a fiction novel. And I wrote a few chapters, and I just wanted to get some feedback, and I sent it to a few people. And one of the people was a literary agent. And he wrote me back. He said, D, let writers do the writing. Stick to singing. Wow. Fuck that guy. That's, fuck that well, guy. that's all. Uh, fuck that guy. That's all I needed 
That's all I needed to, to get me to do write 56,000 words and to work as hard as I can. And I promise you it will be published. I promise you the reviews will be good. I promise you I, kill, I killed on this book. And he will get the first autographed copy. Dear Chip, fuck you. Thanks for the inspiration. <laughs> He's tighter. So I still, this is, you know, anytime we try to, 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 to stretch and do and do something new or, or something that's not, you know, what people expect from us, there's going to be the naysayers and, you know, you know, and, and people say, you know, prove that I can. No, you prove that I can't. Okay. Why is it on me to prove myself to you? You prove that I can't. So that's the inspiration for prove me wrong. Well, I, I love that. Um, the book, you don't know when the book is coming out, still working on it, right? No, it's it's at it's at publish. You know, we're being shopped right now. Yep. A uh, very weird time for all kinds of things with COVID. Uh, you know, everybody's working at home, whatever. But I have no doubt that it will be published. And uh, it's a uh, it's it's called Frats, short for fraternities. Yep. Fictional fictional novel based on actual events where I grew up on Long Island. It's a period piece set in the early seventies. Um, it's very it, it, there was a a gang. Uh, it was, they were, they were, they were called fraternities, oddly, and the, like college fraternities. And they had jackets and names like Omega Gamma Delta and Delta Gamma Phi and all. Right. Seemed very legit. They had charters with police. They were all legit, legit. But they were not like college fraternities. They were gangs. But because they had charters and they had called fraternities, they were allowed to roam the halls, rule the school. And... Um, it was a it was a microcosm I thought it was everywhere in the world, but it turned out only in a few towns on South Shore of Long Island in the 70s. They were illegalized in the 80s, and uh, and I was just I was not in one. I was one of the nerds trying not to get my ass kicked every day, uh, and uh, uh, but uh, so I uh, as an observer I I know I I I'm, I'm sort of in a fictionalized story. I'm sharing this very odd period of time. And it's a, it made for a very intriguing story. Well, I can't wait to check it out. And uh, maybe when it comes out, you come back on the show for a few minutes and just tell the people about it. I have a feeling I will be promoting some things that you may be wanting to cover. All right. So uh, how, is, how is my level of LSS? Um, uh, or LSD. LSS, LSD. I've got it in a bad way. I hate to break it to you, Let Dean. me tell you about LSD. I want to say one thing about okay. LSS, lead singer syndrome. Okay? In defense of lead singers. Thank you. And front men. We, we have the job of, of standing on stage with nothing in front of us, nothing except our dicks, basically. And, um, and, and we have to front and be the, be the interface between the band and the audience. Uh, we have to introduce the songs. We have to be the, the face of the of the band. Yes. And we to get out there. And the only thing that makes you think you're worthy of being out there is ego. Uh, it is the only thing, if you do not have an ego that tells you you are worthy of these people's attention, you will not be a front man. You will not be a lead singer in a band. You can't be. Uh, you've got to be that self-absorbed. But for some reason, they want us to have that ego on stage but then the band expects us to walk off the stage and flick the switch and be like a normal person. Right. I'm like, oh, now I'm just a guy, totally egoless. And no, it doesn't work like that. 
You can't <laughs> shut that off. So I'm sorry if it comes with the gig. You want it? You need that guy in front of you? You want us on that? What is that? You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. You want me on that stage. You need me on that stage. And you just have to deal with the fact that that same person is going to be in the backstage area as well. Good luck. It's so true. You nailed it, D. You nailed it. We've had almost 250 episodes, and I don't think anyone's broken it down quite as eloquently as you, which is to be expected. <laughs> all right, man. Well, it was a pleasure talking to you, Shane, and I look forward to talking to you again. D. Snyder, all the best. Take care. Here is Prove all Me right. Wrong on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. Thank you. Bye-bye.
So there is Prove Me Wrong, new music from D. Snyder. Heavy, right? It's a banger. I want to thank D. again so much for taking the time to speak with me. And I want to thank you once again for being here, for being subscribed, for maybe checking out the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club, supporting the sponsors of the show, telling a friend, telling a loved one. It all goes a long way. Thank you so, so much very much. Make sure you tune in next week and the week after and the week after that because we have some incredible guests coming up, some really, really great episodes. Anyway, I'll leave you with another tune, another classic, Twisted Sister and I Wanna Rock. Yes, I do. Yes, we all do. Here it is on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. See you next week.